Welcome to the Data Center Hawk Podcast. Today we're talking Q1 2021 highlights across North America, Europe, and even a little bit of Asia. And if you stick around to the very end, we're gonna have some CrossFit talk. Okay, David, today we're talking Q1 2021 highlights. So start, let's just start with headlines. Give me like your top takeaways from the quarter. Yes. Well, the probably the biggest one is just that, you know, there was, I would say, consistent demand. We came out, 2020 was one of the largest growth periods in the data center industry's history. And it's a relatively young industry, but still, you know, we now have, you know, a decade of really good growth data. And so I, if you're like me, you're wondering, hey, out of like the biggest year ever, you know, what's going to happen in that, that first time period? And so I think the first thing we realized was that, you know, the hyperscale users that are continuing to uh, expand, not just here in the U.S., but in Europe and Asia, uh, you know, that is continuing and it and it ebbs and flows. So, uh, you know, I, I think this period was a little less than the last period as it relates to hyperscale demand, but certainly still out there. That's the first thing, Mike. You asked for a few things. I'm going to give you a few. Yeah, multiple, plural right. things. Thank uh, you. <laughs> uh, you know, the second thing that I think most companies would agree, and, and in this can be market by market, but but I, I think it's holistic, is enterprise demand that we really categorize between like 100 kW, like if you think about sizes of transactions, 100 kW, like two megawatts. When COVID hit, it really went quiet. And we've seen that kind of come back. So there's, I would say, more RFPs in the market for uh, requirements that are in that size range. And, you know, and so I think that's, so both of those very encouraging signs for, you know, this first part of the year and then the rest of the year moving forward. I think back in maybe end of the year, you talked about, you know, what will the first half of 2021 look like? And I think you said, you thought, Likely to see the same demand we saw in 2020. I mean, 2020 was like, you know, like, yeah. Do you think that's more or less continued? Slightly down, but yeah. not like, like off a cliff. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, you were the, right, is what you were saying? Uh, pretty much. Okay. Well, you were saying it, but I'll say it too. Yeah, I was sure. No, uh, I, I think, iterated it, then you can reiterate it. <laughs> I, your rightness. The, the, the biggest mistake people can make in our space is looking at the highs and lows of the demand and feeling like there's, like major shifts happening because we are in an environment where you have 10 global buyers that are buying significant amounts. Uh, the numbers can be, you know, significantly different, like quarter to quarter, year to year. And, uh, and so I think you just have to look at things holistically. It doesn't feel like those companies are slowing down at all. It seems like they're expanding their footprint and then they grow into it and then they start expanding again. And I think we're in one of those expansion phases. Yeah. I like to think of it. Yeah. It doesn't follow the same analog as like a manufactured good where the growth is somewhat more steady. Correct. Where we, again, put everything into that box you're familiar with. Okay. All right. Let's talk about some highlights across the different geographies. So yes, T's we are now tracking some of the APAC markets. We're not going to talk about them in great detail because we we're, Quite frankly, still getting familiar with them, but yes. they are coming, and you may sprinkle in some APAC nuggets as we go along. 
as you are wont to do. All right, so let's talk about North America. Uh, you know, there's a couple of markets that stood out as far as some interesting things happening. So let's talk about Northern Virginia to start. Again, always largest data center market in the world. Plenty going on there as always, but what stood out specifically about this quarter? You know, the demand was reasonable to moderate to strong. Um, I think the the market, you know, continues to, to grow because those hyperscale companies are wanting to mature footprints. Uh, the connectivity story is so good there. And also, too, the companies that have built, you know, significant uh, size portfolios there. Like if you're going to move, there's additional costs from a network perspective. So a lot of times it's just easier to expand and grow. Um, so that's that's part of it. You know, if you look at Northern Virginia, kind of in the big picture, there's different submarkets within that market as a whole. And we have seen growth taking place in areas like Manassas, with the, which is south of Ashburn. Ashburn is like the capital of everything going on there. Wrong, wrong term, capital with D.C. It, Ashburn is Maine and Maine. That is where the majority of the data center uh, footprint is in Northern Virginia. But then you go south to Manassas, uh, there's activity taking place in Leesburg. There's even stuff going on in like Gainesville. And so starting to see different geographies emerge. Can as, I get a Virginia Beach idea? Uh, you know, there's stuff happening there, but it's <laughs> there is a little different, but things. yeah, uh, that have, have to do with subsea cables. And, yes. um, so that, you know, really when I think about Northern Virginia, it is, you know, how much those big users want to grow and they certainly did in, you know, the first quarter. All right. Let's talk about next about Phoenix, uh, a market that is interesting, you know, interesting yeah. and uh, uh, for different reasons. So talk a little bit about what's been happening there recently, specifically in this past quarter and how that fits into the context of it, that market as a whole. Yeah, Phoenix is divided, in my mind, into five different areas. You've got kind of the center core of Phoenix. That's where the Carrier Hotel is downtown. You have Chandler, which is south of that, which you've seen for the last five years, a ton of data center activity, development activity in that market. Move out to Mesa, and there's interesting things happening out there. Move north uh, of downtown. There's a couple of providers there. And then you move west over into Goodyear. And Where the five areas meet, all the operators come and fight it out in a big gang war to right. determine who it's gets like the fight deals. Club. Yeah. Yeah. The gang's in New York. Yeah, exactly. That's it's the five points. Um, so that's – so anyway, that's how, you know, Phoenix is, is split up. And th the – the advantage that you have in Phoenix is you've got reasonable costs. You have really good uh, competitive market. So, you know, the data center industry's top providers are there and have significant footprint to grow. And you have just that ability to scale over time. So, you know, there's other markets that have similar characteristics but haven't been um, – the, the market hasn't been validated by – the big cloud providers are there. Phoenix is is one of those that has. So the big five cloud providers all have sites there that they own and operate themselves and are leasing significant amounts as well. And so that's what you're seeing in an area like Phoenix. And we'll continue to, like, I think a lot of people think that that market could, down the road, have the ability to, to really grow as big as, like, a northern Virginia. Obviously, this is, like, years and years and years down the road. But if you look at planned power, so we track – plan power at data center hawk like how many plan projects are in a market and northern virginia is the the top with the most the second i believe is phoenix 
that's top of my head, but I'm almost positive. Yeah, it's and you, I think that you can see some very, some very accentuated jumps yeah. in that specific metric around yes. 2018 and 2019. Yeah, and so it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's kind of there is plenty of land. It's like a Dallas where yeah. there's no geographical limits. Yes, and you know? if you're going to buy a site, to you're buying it with the thoughts of, you know, a 20 year horizon that you can deliver. You know, 100 to 200 megawatts of power. It's not just like you know, 15, 30 megs. That's where the industry was 10, you know, 15 years ago. It's not where the industry is today. Yeah. So the preconditions are there. The kindling, the oh, tinder yeah. are set in Phoenix for a data center bonfire. <laughs> yes. No, you know, there'll be but, some that, some that comment on our podcast about Mike's choice of words that he uses that will really like what you just shared. Yeah, that's great. Taking it back to that. That's my small bonfire, contribution. Yes. Thank you. All right. Last one's a little bit fun. So I'm going to, do a shameless plug. If you've been with us for a while, you can just hit the fast forward button here. But so as most people or know, subscribe. if you come on our site or subscribe, yeah, <laughs> always work. I'm always, <laughs> yeah. Or you know what? Just sign up. Yeah. Uh, so if you come on our site, you look at the map of the U S there's like 125 plus markets that you'll see listed there. Yeah. Of those, there's a subset that we track like on a little bit more in-depth level. We call those our insight markets. We just added a handful of markets this quarter. Uh, one of them being Salt Lake City. Yes. So it's enough going on there that we kind of we kind of promoted it from like JV to varsity. So now it's like, hey, you're going to get some attention, Salt Lake City. And the timing was really great because talk a little bit about what happened in Salt Lake City. Actually, we added it, sorry, last quarter. Yeah. But what happened this quarter that was interesting yes. in Salt Lake City, and there's also some other just neat dynamics about that market. Yeah, The this market was, you know, has, has actually, there's been a data center footprint there, but not to the scale that we've seen in other places. And over the last three years, there's been three or four different, really two or three different operators that have bought and built in ways similar to some of these other markets we're seeing. Typically when that happens in different geographies, bigger users find that attractive. And so that's the result of, of that exact thing is what happened in Salt Lake City this last you know quarter is you've had uh, you know, those three providers building in a way that is attractive to large users and large footprints. And it's a market that's interesting because it's reasonably priced. It's, you know, considered kind of West Coast, but not exactly on the West Coast. So, you know, you get some of um, the geography value, but you're not having to pay the freight for being in an area like California or, um, you know, it has tax incentive opportunity. So all those things together make Salt Lake a really interesting place. Uh, and I would imagine that you'll see a lot of money poured into that area from a data center development standpoint over the next five years. Yeah. You know, and one of the things I'll note is like, there's really only four, you know, kind of multi-tenant data center operators there. And there's like a fifth that's sort of breaking in Nova, but you know, that, that I think there's just a, so much room for growth. Yeah. And there's a lot of, so just some quick stats on that. So, you know, right now we just has that market at like 74 megawatts. Yes. And just, again, put that in, in context, you know, like Northern Virginia is what, like 1,400 megawatts now? Sounds right. Getting that right? Yep. You know, Dallas, Chicago, Phoenix, Northern California, like three to 400 range. And so, you know, there's plenty of room for growth. And you look at Portland, a city that we've seen, a yeah. market between like double in size in the last two years. Yep. And you were even said, it might double again. You know, we might see that same thing in Salt Lake City. Yeah. You know, when we started tracking Portland, it was like a 45 megawatt market. Now it's, in, uh, it's close to 100 you know, just by some of the deals and pre-leasing and, and supply that's been delivered in that market. So, you know, not far away, but it shares, Salt Lake probably shares some char similar characteristics, obviously different market, different state, all that stuff. But 
similar characteristics for a market like Portland. That's a really good Yeah, there's example. some secular tailwinds that are really <laughs> going to benefit the industry. <laughs> there's some checks investor gonna... buzzwords. Secular tailwinds. Secular tailwinds. Secular tailwinds. All right, we'll keep an eye on Salt Lake City. Yeah, do it. No, I'm telling you to do it. Oh, okay. Oh, you, you're telling yes, our sir. listeners. All right. Let us shift our focus, David, to the continent of Europe. Okay. Talk to me about what you're seeing that's of note in yep. Europe. Uh, our takeaways from a European perspective, decently strong growth period from a demand and absorption standpoint. Um, we've seen a lot of absorption like in 2020 in an area like Frankfurt. First quarter of 2021, London had a really strong uh, growth period and we also saw a number of like additional projects get announced in London so the the plan power in London actually actually rose quite a, a bit across Europe and but of that amount I think 40 percent was specifically attributed to projects in London and I think why that you know I always think about when those developments are announced or when the you know companies are buying you know sites what is that telling us about where, you know, it typically takes these sites two to five years to be, you know, power to the site entitled and ready to, to, to build on. And then, you know, you're delivering the shell and all, the, all those things. So it's telling me that, you know, over the next three years, we will see you know, some pretty interesting growth in a market like a London uh, and some of the other markets that are over there as well. Uh, you know, now we're tracking, you mentioned the, the, uh, U.S. markets that we added. We also added last year, I think, the um, you know eight different secondary markets in Europe, and that seems to be those are areas where there's a lot of interest and growth as well. So, um, but you know what stuck out to us stuck out to us this quarter was really what was going on in London. Yeah, and you, so you mentioned that added plan capacity, which we would signal, say think it signals a lot of optimism. Yeah, you know, in the industry. Yes. So, but what I think that kind of segues to our next topic of like really some of the challenges we've seen you know securing power yeah you know specifically one of the you know markets that we heard a lot about was specifically in london and even more specifically the sub market of slough yeah and and just you know how that <clears throat> it's really squeezed for power yeah you know i think we've been hearing that for a few you know quarters now but i think it's becoming more to the fore um you know talk a little bit about you know some of the challenges you've seen not just in slough but in other markets where you know power is becoming a more an increasingly more difficult thing to procure yeah the when I started in the space, you know, there was kind of the saying that Dax I love every story that starts with when I started in the space because it's going to be like, <laughs> sure. a, you know, well, tell us no. more, regale us. Please. No, it's it's quick. But, you know, we would say two percent the, the, uh, of the world's energy used data centers use two percent. And over the last 10 years, that number has changed from two to five. So, you know, w one thing that tells us, obviously, is that. This business has grown quite a bit, and you know, if I think most people in this space don't see it slowing down anytime soon, just based on the way businesses are using uh, IT infrastructure, the way that we as you know consumers are using our phones and computers, all that stuff. So, consumers be consuming. Yeah, that's so true. Gosh, that's a shirt or a, something we need to put on Dazner Hawk's <laughs> website. Um, but I think if you think about, so what that means is that you know companies have to keep growing and utilizing significant amounts of power in different places all across the world. And if a, if a city or a municipality is 
struggles with like infrastructure maturity, that's going to be a problem, not just to get something done now, but also three, five years from now, because typically those companies will grow in those markets. So that's one of the challenges that's happening. Uh, you know, but another is just the power companies in certain areas are having a hard time keeping up with the amount of requests for, you know, power growth. You know, in Northern California is a good example of this. We see some of this in Silicon Valley uh, with, you know, the amount of projects that are there and the amount of requests that some of the power companies have. And, like, can they actually, uh, within a certain time period, serve all those requests? They just can't. So the timelines are, you know, pushed further out, you know, and, and that's in the U.S. And there's there's some other markets in the U.S. or sub markets in the U.S. where some of that's a challenge. And there's reasons people want to be very specifically in, you know, a, a sub market uh, because there's maybe network advantages, latency advantages that they have. There might be tax incentive uh, advantages that they have. And so, you know, at some point you're evaluating, OK, well, and there's timing issues too. And so mm -hmm. if it's like, well, I can't do it from a time perspective or, you know, me moving out, I know I can put my, whatever the IT load is 20 miles away, but there's a cost to that. And so that's where these companies are always evaluating. But I think it is interesting that, that power has in some markets has become somewhat of a limiting factor. And, you know, I think this is something that we'll have to wrestle with more and more as the industry grows. You know, another area that we're having to, to wrestle with in certain areas like water usage. Mm. And as uh, data centers are, you know, cooled either by air or by water, you know, uh, local governments and uh, supplies of water are taxed uh, or, you know, have to figure out how are they going to serve these facilities with, with water. And so you're, you're seeing a lot of um, maturity on the design side of things, the efficiency side of things, mm. to get water out of data centers, but there are some that still use it. And so I think this is a really, you bring up a really good point, which is the resources that we have, uh, you know, the data center industry is focused on, hey, how do we do this efficiently so we can use less? Uh, but the, the industry continues to grow exponentially, and with that comes a set of challenges, one of them is being power usage. Yeah, you know, that, that calls to mind two different podcasts we've done. One podcast, one panel. You know, you did a panel a year and a half ago on, like, sale leaseback transaction. And, you know, you see a lot of these, sure. you know, enterprise data centers are, you know, theoretically a 5 or 10 megawatt data center, but they're really only like 2 to 3 yep. megawatts yep. full. So they're really like this capacity. That could be a almost a path of least resistance for, you know, a data center operator to come in do the sale leaseback transaction and then basically tap into the extra power, like yeah. basically immediately. Yeah. That's sure. one. So do check that we can link to that. It was, uh, Raj from aligned Jonathan Schildkraut oh, yeah. and Abner. Pumped yes. Out. I remember that. It was fun. That was fun. Anyways. Uh, the second one was we, one we did recently with Rob Morris from skybox. And he said, yeah. he said his teams, the amount of time his teams are spending on power procurement has gone up five X yeah. in the last 18 months. So, I mean, you know, you it's certainly something to keep an eye on. And, and obviously all the operators are aware of it, but that's just, you know, it's going to be something that that's not going away. Yeah. You got to have, there's a no plan. magic yep. pill for power. It's just, you know, gets brute force. That is true. So, yeah. It will be interesting. I think we'll keep an eye on that. You know, it's not something that we track on the, like our site, but right. You know, I mean, obviously capacity is power, but the power challenges are not on there, but you know, something least certain we'll keep, keep our eye on it. Yeah. Talking about. And it all has to do, you know, if you think about the biggest data center users in the world value, you know, your, their ability to scale power up fast, how quickly you can get to the solution, the solution to the market and flexibility. And so, so two of the three things are, are directly related to 
how quickly can you get the power to the market? And so when that's in, uh, when there's a question mark around that in certain places, uh, you know, that that's going to be something that has to be figured out. And I'm not, I want to be very clear. I'm not suggesting that there's, um, you know, some, some shortage and there's, you know, there's certain, uh, data center operators that, that can't do, you know, what they're aiming to do. I just mean, we're seeing in certain areas, some challenges that we haven't seen before because the demand has gotten so, so big. Uh, so all that being said, keep your, you know, just keep your eye on, uh, the power, um, issues that maybe are created in areas where there's not enough. The phrase, follow the money. You've heard that phrase before? I, I have. You are issuing a new phrase now. Follow the power. Oh, man. Or lack Gosh. of power. There you go. <laughs> All right. If you stuck with us this far, you know we love to talk about CrossFit. We have done oh, a service. We yes. have received some feedback in the comments of our YouTube more, channel. More CrossFit talk? Uh, it's actually less said? CrossFit. Oh. But you know what? I'm going to kind of just get dodge to the, that hey, comment. Hey, just get to the real content, yeah, just guys. Just get to the data center yeah. content, please, guys. But we know there is at least one, maybe even two people that listen to this podcast who love, love the CrossFit that content. love it. If you made it this far, stick with us. We're going to tease this at the beginning so you know it's coming. That's right. All right. So we just wrapped up the CrossFit Opens. I'm still For sore. those who are not aware, it's an online competition. Anybody can compete. There's was three weekends. It used to be five. Now it's three weeks of workouts and ended up sneaking in a fourth, but that's not important. And anybody can be signed up. So our that's gym right. had a little competition. That's right. And, you we know, did. you may well imagine David and I are neck and neck on a lot of these. So let's talk about the workout number one. Okay. And I'm going to describe it and then you can tell me, you can narr narrativize it, narrate it. We have video. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going to show it. It's awful. It's, it was a combination of jump rope, double under movements, and what's called a wall walk, which you basically, like in a push-up position with your feet against the wall, and then you kind of like walk your feet up the wall and walk your hands back to the wall. So at the end of the thing, you're like against the wall, facing the wall with your hands, and then you walk your hands back out. It doesn't sound that hard. It is so brutally hard. <laughs> so you and I did this on a Friday. You beat me by one rep. Yes. <laughs> so we both crazy. said, yeah, I'm going to redo it. On yeah, Monday, we're, we're gonna get a lot more. We're gonna we're gonna go. We got a new strategy. Yeah. Really had time to think about it all weekend. Blah blah blah. You know, as our one of the friends in our say was like, he said, movement specific muscle adaptation occurs in forty eight hours. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but you and I both go again on Monday. We each exceeded our Friday total by one rep. So you maintained your lead. I maintained my deficit. But let's talk about the redo workout. Just take us from the beginning to the end. I think people would love to hear about your experience. Sure. I'll do this fast. But it, uh, you know, when you have to redo one of these, it's it's nasty mentally. So yeah. we knew it was going to be not fun. And you had 15 minutes. Was that the cap? Yeah. 15 minutes anyway. 15 minutes. So, um, yeah, I think the last section that we, we kind of broke it up into sections, but the last section that we were in, you know, we, we had. a picture for the listeners. You and I are. Literally right next to each other. Yeah, so we have, We're yes. more or less kind of rep for rep. Yes. Sort of. Yes, absolutely. You had a judge who was... Who was... Who was not crediting you with reps as yeah, much as he you was, would have liked. he was a lot more... He's a lot more stringent. He was focused on yeah, making sure stringent. I was following the rules, which is yes. always good. I need that in my life. Yeah, you do. Um, and so I had a few that I had to redo, which was warranted. And I had a few that I failed. That's another thing, too. You're up, literally, you know, up on the wall, and so... If you if your arm gives out, it's ugly. Which they did, and there was a couple of them. There's ugly falls, which were which was 
Great. And an I actually have a good camera. Yeah, so we, yes, I have a good camera angle of me and then Mike's in the background. <laughs> it's actually really funny. And the la- so I ended up getting one rep at the very end, which I, we, I had no idea. When you get in it, you have no idea yeah, just in the where, where the other person is. And so anyway, at the very end, I got one rep more. Uh, that actually put me in a very favorable spot in our gym competition. So at the yes. time, after round one, We'd, I was in the money. Yeah, so the basis, the the top five scoring was based on how you well you had done in certain benchmarks over the course of the year. So yes. it basically normalized everyone's yes. scoring. Yeah, so when I was in <clears throat> fifth place, it's like there were definitely people that finished um, ahead of me yeah. in the workout, but because of what you just mentioned, yes. I was ahead of I them. I will credit our gym for designing that competition. It was created a lot of drama. It did. You know, yes. like you could have, you could, your, your points could swing a ton just yes. based on how you did, relative yeah. to your benchmark. And that, after that, that was the highest I ever was. That was, and then it yes, got, bad. it was kind of a wear away type of situation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we did workout two, which was? Workout two was dumbbell snatches and burpee box oh, jump overs. Gosh. And I met Jesus in that one. Yeah, you did it. Had some back issues. Yep. I did it. Tried to redo it. Yeah. And I had my <laughs> splits all middle. laid out. And I said, <laughs> if I fall behind yes. my splits, I'm yeah, just going to yeah. quit. It's not worth it. And yes. I fell behind my splits and quit. So. You beat me by a good minute there. I'm that, still unwinding like my right Yes, back there was some back pain. That. If you did this deal, most you know. people had some back Yeah, issues a lot of people had back Not as bad as whenever it was four years ago when that was like the first yes. dumbbell workout. I was. I didn't do it then. You weren't but. there. I was there, yeah. This, this is your second open? Yes. yes, and you did. So you beat me in that one, and so we we kind of flip flopped in the standings. Yep. Yeah, and then, and then event three. Event three. Gosh, it was so great. So again, it was like it was again the guys who are super dialed in at our gym really yeah. loved this workout. They just said it was like a very devilish test. It was basically yeah. you did some front squats, some pull ups, and some or some toe to bar and some thrusters, and you rest. It was like a three little, and then you yep. did some more work, you know, front squats pull-ups, thrusters, and then you rest. And then front squats, muscle-ups, thrusters. And then mm. as soon as you finished or got time-capped, which was the case for us, uh, you had to you had like seven minutes to do like a, this weird like barbell complex. Weight workout. Yes. yes. So I was coached to go very easy up until the muscle-ups. And yes. I took that to heart. And even though I was like two minutes behind you, I felt like my yes. heart was about 406. Yes. It was brutal. Yeah. And then you, I was able to catch you and oh, some yeah. other guys in our gym on the muscle-up portion of it. Yes. You did. Uh, yeah. You you caught us. And, it was yeah. really a tale of two wads. It was The awful. best of times, and it was the it worst was of times. It was awful. Yes. <laughs> but in a different way. Yeah. And so, then you had to, and then you had to do your, a complex. your finish. So I did finish in the money. I don't know how it happened, but it what have you a done very with all that weird money confluence that of, of things. I put a pull-up bar in my house. And can, <laughs> and maybe I'll win some more money next year. But, you know, it's worth knowing the guy who won the competition, which, it, anyways, he's probably the fittest guy in the gym. He ended up being like like 1,200th in Texas, you know, like top. Out of how many, do you think? I mean. I don't know. I don't know actually where all he ended he's up. He's probably in the like, He was in the 90, like 98th, 99th percentile, yeah. which is crazy. Fit. <laughs> he is an animal. It's fit, Red Gill. So that's great CrossFit open talk. It was you good. Know, you watched so this this guy, this is another good anecdote. You he so there was a top ten percent guy going to the quarterfinals, which yes. is another online competition that you helped him judge. Tell us about the workout and then the aftermath. The uh yeah, so uh it was a hundred and twenty take a wall ball and you throw it up, yeah, high catch it. Wall ball, and then you do hundred and twenty calories on a rower. And <clears throat> these guys, there are four of them that did it, and we helped them or helped judge them or whatever. 
And when they finished, they were in, like anyone, if you do it, you're in the just pain cave of hell. And they just laying down on the ground and kind of flopping around and then coughing a bunch. So, and then we, get, we watched it on a Saturday and lo and behold, we had to do it on a Monday. So I was, yes, I skipped it that Monday. I yeah, was that's hurt. smart. A smart move right there. Hurt. No, yeah. you were hurt. I'm no, kidding. Well, the, 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 <laughs> the, yeah, the way they do that second part is like, you have to do five workouts in three days. Yeah. So they really taxed yeah. I think that was yeah, the yeah, third yeah. or fourth one he had done. Yes. But you it was, know, it was I, one I, of I the worst. I do any one of those, I'm probably out for a couple yeah, days. Yeah, it's one of the worst, I think, because it's just so cardio. I mean, it's just a. It's all gas. Uh, gas and crash. All gra- yeah, gas yeah, and GZ. crash. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. And I CrossFit. All the three listeners, John Day specifically, yeah. that stuck around. Uh, you appreciate appreciated it. this. <laughs> there That's is, right. You know, there is, I'm sure there is a CrossFit DC, like a CFDC for in District of Columbia. But this used to be, I thought it'd be fun if there was a CrossFit gym in Ashburn. Because it's surely all the people. I've been to one. You've been to one. It was CFDC, CrossFit Data Center. I don't think it's called that. Yes. Okay. Well, but it is a good. um, It'd be also nice to actually have a CrossFit gym in a data center and just cool that thing way down. (laughs) (laughs) Here's another funny story while we're here. So the same guy, the center gym, the real fit guy, he. During the opens, he would come in at like 1.30 when there was no other classes. Mm. And he would like, we were there one morning, and he goes, or the guy who owns the gym goes, huh, I just got a Venmo from Devlin. So Devlin would Venmo him money to turn the air way down in the, the gym air so that it could be yeah. real cold there when he was doing his so workout. He, he's already paying it was he's a performance it bump. Yes. yes. No, he wasn't paying it for it. He was paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's good. Oh, anyways, good times. All right. Uh, We will catch you guys next time. Hope to produce a lot more pods here in the upcoming weeks and months. Uh, But until next time, we'll see you.